0: Amen. Woo, it got me hot tonight. Amen. Uh, nervousness is not the right word. Amen. There's a, is there a word beyond nervous? If there is, that's where I'm at. Amen. Uh, I'm always excited for the opportunity to preach, and never never want to hear you know bad news that our pastor can't preach, or you know you know just we don't want him to overexert himself. Amen. After having some dental work and stuff like that, but. I do believe the Lord has specifically already had a message on my heart, and it's just amazing the timing, amen? It's, we always we always say we're amazed at God's timing, however, we already know He's already got everything figured out. It shouldn't amaze us, amen? And we should just say, you're right, God, amen, this is awesome, you know, everything's working according to your will, And uh, and I had a couple different directions that I thought I was going to end up going tonight out of First Peter, uh, just within First Peter itself, and there was a couple different, I thought I was going to preach on joy unspeakable, and man, we was going to shout the house down, it was going to be great, and I couldn't get peace about it, so I had to keep on cruising down through the, the, through the first chapter there, um, but I want to preach tonight, or, or teach, preach, uh, however it comes out tonight, on the title you see there, The Battlefield of the Believer, and uh, very quickly, I believe What Maddie just sang about, I believe a lot of us are right there. We're in the battle. We're in the battle every single day, and you'll see where we're getting with this here in just a moment, uh, but if you got your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter number 1, verses 13 through 16 is where we're going to read tonight. If you'll stand, if you can stand, uh, out of the respect for reading, reading of God's Word, and we'll read these uh, four verses very quickly here, and we'll jump right into this. I have a lot to give out, and my wife has already told me to keep it short, amen? Uh, so, uh, so we're going to do our best. She's already heard it preached three times, so I mean, she she's already got notes and everything, so if you miss something, I'm going to preach. Fast. If you miss something, go see her. She's got all the cliff notes. Amen. Uh, but 1 Peter chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust of your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy... So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In verse number 16, be, uh, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And I want to preach tonight on this right here, the battlefield of the believer. Now, I showed my wife the title there, and she goes, why the chessboard? I said, you'll get where we're going, because the battlefield is not the physical, When I say battlefield, when you see the word battlefield, automatically you think war zone, right? You think bombs exploding, machine guns going off, people yelling, airplanes. You think of all these things that we associate with battlefield and with war. But tonight, I want to focus on this, the battlefield that takes place right here. This is the battlefield that we are facing right now. Many of you are facing some unbelievable battles right now. And the majority of them are right here. It's not physical. It's not It's not like somebody you can call in reinforcements and they can take care of it and wipe it off the scene, but it's right here. And that's what I want to focus on tonight. So let's pray together and then we'll jump right into this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach your word. God, I stand here, Lord, in my, not in my own strength, knowing that I cannot do this by myself, but I need you to help me tonight. Get your word across to the people, Lord, as you've given it unto me. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me do so, Lord, help to say only what you want said tonight. Help me to preach your word, Lord, tonight and give it unto them. And God, I pray, Lord, that it not fall upon deaf ears, Lord, that no one will tune me out, Lord, tonight. I believe you've burdened my heart specifically for this message, specifically for someone here tonight. Lord, maybe many that are here and maybe many that are watching by way of live stream. But Lord, no doubt this is a this is a very spiritual warfare that we are facing every single day and that and takes place right within our own minds. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me tonight might preach your word. God, help it to fall upon fresh ears. Lord, help us to heed to the word that is preached. Lord, let us not uh, push away from it, Lord, and block it out, but Lord, help us to receive it willingly and openly. Lord, willing to change and conform unto your word as you give it unto us and as you teach us and instruct us along the way. God, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that you would help me now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. As I said, when we think of the word battlefield, our minds automatically go to a war zone. We think Middle East, and it's a very hot topic right now. Pray for the Middle East, amen? Uh, But we think of battlefield. We think of war zones. We think of all these things. But tonight, I'm not going to focus on any of the physical tonight. And believe, no doubt, the Lord laid this message upon my heart. I wanted to preach on joy unspeakable. I mean, full joy, great joy, all these things that we have as Christians. But there's something else that we need to take to heart tonight. And that is the battlefield that we face every single morning. When As soon as we wake up, the battle begins. Am I right? Amen. Many of you can say an amen. That's all right. Listen, we all face them. Uh, there's nobody in here that's higher than each one. Uh, and listen, we're all on the same playing field. Listen, we're all saved. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're saved, that is great and wonderful. But the battles are still going to be there. Amen. And a lot of the battles take place right here in our own minds. And I'm not going to talk about the physical. We're going to talk a lot about the mental. And verse number 13 really is kind of going to be our basis. We're going to get all three points tonight just out of verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the verse that we're really going to dissect. And that's the verse that God really impressed upon my heart to preach tonight. And so very quickly. Quickly, let me give you a brief overview of the brain. Amen? I am not a scientist by any means, but I do have Google. Amen? And I can look things up. The brain. Have you ever just thought about the brain and how miraculous it is? I mean, just everything that goes on, the complexity, everything that's there, it is amazing how it operates. And the brain is an amazing three-pound organ that controls all the functions of the body. It interprets information from the outside world and embodies the essence of the mind and the soul. Intelligence, creativity, emotion, and memory are only a few of the many things that are governed just by the brain. The brain receives information from all five of our senses, sight, smell, touch, taste, and hearing, often many at one time. That's just an amazing feat, and we have an amazing God who created that thing. And it's just awesome if you sit there and think about it. Our brain receives all this information, and and we store that information in our memory, and the brain controls our thoughts And our memory and our speech, the movement of our arms and our legs, and the function of many other organs in our body. Our brain is very complex and complicated. However, it is the biggest battleground that every Christian has to face every single day. There is a war that wages right on between our ears. Amen. I want you to get a hold of what we're talking about tonight. It's not physical. Nothing but spiritual tonight. And a lot of it takes place right here in our own minds in our own minds, our own thoughts, if you would. And to get the context of where we're going to pick up in verse number 13, you see that first word there? Look at the first word. It says, wherefore. And there's a reason behind behind that, amen? So we need to back up and see, before we get to that point, what it's there for. And so if you back up and you look at verses 1 through 12, uh, Peter here tells us a lot of things. And, and we can look at verse number 3, and we see that we have a lively hope through Jesus Christ. We are born again to that lively hope because we have eternal life and a Savior who has conquered death himself. We can look at verse number four and we see uh, that hope lives because it is set upon an inheritance incorruptible that can never fade away because this is a significant contrast to any inheritance on this earth. The riches of this world will fade away, but the hope that we have through Jesus Christ will endure forever. We can look at verse number 5, and we see here that we are kept by the power of God through faith. We are kept by the power of God, but, through, but it is through faith, meaning our faith. Listen now, the person who is kept is a person abiding in a continual relationship of faith with God. It's a continuation. It's not a a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's a continuation process. It's a continuing process. We can say this, that faith activates the preserving power of God in the Christian life. It's our faith that activates God's power in our life to overcome situations, to overcome obstacles that may come our way. It is that faith. We see in verse number six, we greatly rejoice. I'm speeding up here. In verse number seven, the trial of our faith is more precious than gold. In verse number eight, we see we have joy unspeakable. In verses nine through 12, we have salvation. All that leads us up to verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter was clear to point out uh, the salvation through Jesus, then our inheritance that we have, and we also that we're kept by God's power. And then he challenges them Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. And that's where I want to hit tonight, and I want to really dial in and focus in on this right here. But first of all, can I tell you this, if you're not saved, that the Christian life is the best life that you'll ever live. Listen, the, the, the warfare that you're facing in your own minds tonight, the doubt, the discouragement, all that that takes place in our own minds, whether you're saved or lost, you're still going to have that battle. But can I tell you this? With Jesus Christ, you can overcome all those doubts and overcome all those fears that arise in your minds. It is the best life that you ever lived. Look back in verse number eight. Back up. First Peter chapter one and verse number eight, whom having not seen ye love in whom though now we see him not yet believing, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Listen, we have something tonight to be rejoiceful about, to be happy about, to be joyful about. Amen. I'm not going to preach on this, but we have joy unspeakable through Jesus Christ. I believe that what we're going to talk about tonight is a very important subject that every Christian faces every single day. It is the battlefield of our mind. It is the battlefield of our mind. It's not physical. It's not something you really you can see coming. But it's the battlefield of our minds. Number one, very quickly here, and we're hastening through. I want you to see this. Number one, prepare your mind. Prepare your mind. Look at verse number 13 again. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your what? All right, you're almost there. Follow me on verse number 13. Look look at it now. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your what? Gird up the loins of your mind. Listen, I want you to get the context of what Peter is talking about. Living the way God wants us to means that we must gird up the loins of our mind. Brother Brandon, what are you talking about? What does it mean by the idea uh, phrase is to prepare for action? to be prepared. It's much like the phrase that we use all the time rolling up our sleeves. We're ready to get busy. We're ready to get to work. You roll up your sleeves. Let's get to work. Gird up the loins of your mind. Every morning we should remember this. Girding up the loins of our mind. Preparing our mind for the day because we don't know what's going to come that day. We don't know whose path we're going to cross. We don't know what obstacles may come our way. We don't know what snares the devil has laid out for us that we preached on many weeks ago. We don't know what's going to bestow us for that day. So we have to gird up the loins of our mind. Be prepared. What it means is to get rid of the loose and sloppy thinking. To bring rational and reflective powers of your mind under control. It means to control what you think about. Those things that you decide to set your mind upon. I want you to get this. Gird up the loins of your mind. Wherefore, you can back up and read all that. We have joy. We have great joy, unspeakable. We have all these things. We have salvation through Jesus Christ. And then he hits them with verse number 13. Gird up the loins of your mind because it's going to be a battlefield every day. Every single day, we don't know what obstacle may come our way. We don't know what the devil's going to throw at us. We don't know what our own family members are going to throw at us. We don't know what the day holds. So every morning, we ought to get along with God for a little while, even just a little time, get our minds right for the day. Girding up, preparing our minds for the day. We do it for work, don't we? Amen i done it just the other night. I told my wife, I "I got a three by five card down because I don't know about you. If you don't, if I don't write it down, it might not get done. Amen. And then it comes eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I'm still like, oh, I still got all these things to do. I took a three by five card out. And I said, all right, number one, we got to do this. Number two, we got to do this. Number three, we got to do this. And I want a list so I can physically check it off and move down the list. But number one on our list ought to be girding up the loins of our mind. Preparing our mind for the day, clearing our mind of all those distractions that may slow us down, every weight that does so easily beset us, clearing our minds and making way for God to use us. Because it's hard when we get clouded up with all these distractions that we forget about the main thing. Amen. We forget about the main thing. The main thing isn't our jobs. The main thing isn't our work. The main thing isn't making money. The main thing is pleasing our heavenly father. And how can we be pleasing to him if we're so clouded up with all these other thoughts, all these other distractions that come about us in our mind? Understand this, the importance of our mind and obedience. If we want to live a victorious Christian life, it must start with our mind. We must decide in our mind right now that what things we're going to think about and what ideas or comments that we're going to entertain that day. So how do we prepare our mind? Preparation is primarily in renewing our mind with God and the gospel with god and the gospel that's what peter did right there before he got to verse number 13 he reminded them of god his mercies his greatness his joy and the gospel that is contained there through jesus christ he reminded them of that and he said now i want you to prepare your minds prepare your minds for the battle that day prepare your minds not for the battle next week but for that day it's an everyday process of preparing our minds, getting our minds right. I remind you in Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse number 2, hold on quickly, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We'll never get to that good and acceptable and perfect will of God until we first have that transformation in our mind. It starts off our transformation in our soul, our eternity, that salvation process. But after that, it's an everyday process of cleansing ourselves, cleansing our mind of any bad thought, any evil thought, any immoral thought, anything that's going to slow us down for our service to Him, we ought to push away, preparing our mind that day christians ought to think differently than the world did you get this now and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed that's a different way of thinking amen that's a different way of living your life you see if you think about something long enough actions follow am i right amen when you begin to think about something you let a thought come in you entertain that thought actions are soon to follow Right. So ultimately, our mind is the battlefield that we ought to prepare, girding up the loins every single morning, preparing our mind for that day, for that battle, for whatever, whatever the devil has for us, whatever snares, whatever obstacles that come our way, we need to gird up the loins of our mind that word transformed is in the greek word metamorpho describing metamorphosis and i love this preacher it's the same word used to describe jesus in his transfiguration in mark chapter number nine verses two and three it is a glorious transformation that takes place it's that transforming the renewing of our mind this transformation of the mind takes us from how do i feel and what do i want to do to what is true here and what does God's word say? This transformation in our mind every morning when we get up, because a lot of times that's what we do, right? I have to do this. I have to go here. I have to call them. I, I, And I get that. We all have priorities and we have jobs and we have responsibilities. But ultimately, pushing all that aside for just a few moments, first thing in the morning, we ought to get along with God and change it from eyes to what does he want me to do? what direction does he want hey have you ever prayed god which direction you want to take to work today which which way would you like for me to go to work god god clear my mind which i have no doubt we all have multiple ways that we can get to work interstate back roads the options are as you know well the interstate is going to be crowded i'll take the back roads but have you ever just prayed and asked god because maybe god may direct you to take the crowded interstate so you don't hit a deer on the way home i'm just saying clearing our minds Getting us out of the way and allowing him to speak to us. I'm reminded of this in Philippians chapter number four and verses six through nine. We know, this, we know these, these four verses very well. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hang on to verse number eight. Here we go. Talking about the mind. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse number nine, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You see, God's not only wanting us to, to prepare our minds and to clear the way. Each and every single morning, we ought to prepare our minds, clear the way, allow him to flow through us. But then he's given us instructions. What do we ought to think on today? How are we ought to act today? And what are we ought to think about? Well, we have a good list to go off of right here. We have a great list to go off of. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true. Listen, the list is there for us to think about. Instead of getting up in the morning worrying about if we're going to be able to get gas, come on now. Amen. Heavenly, I pray and he will direct you to a gas station with it. Amen? Hey, I just did it, I just did it the other morning. <laughs> My mom and dad were talking. I was like, have you heard about the gas storage? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> sorry I don't turn on the news I didn't really pay attention to it I missed that one they're like oh everybody's panicking you better go ahead and fill up fill up this fill up that fill up this I'm like all right I'll get gas in the morning don't worry you know you know how moms can be you know so, and I get the text don't forget to get gas get gas get gas if you go out in town get gas I'm like all right mom calm down all right so me and Ben we got in the truck we went to the post office had a couple of things to drop off there on the way back on, I mean I kid you not every gas station I passed there were lines And I'm like mom was right <laughs> Hey, man, it's all right. Hey, teenagers, can I tell you something? It's all right to tell you, mom, she's right every now and then. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I was like, mom's right. I said, I'll get gas on the way back. That's all right. Now, my truck, mind you, I am not the best. I like living life on the edge. How many of you like living life on the edge? Especially when it comes to gas in a car. I like to push it. I mean, I know when the gas light's coming on. I know about where it's going to get before it comes on. I know how much I got before I really need to get gas. How many of you ever tested that limit before? Gas lights on. Many, see, now they, have these, now they have these new things. Like in our van, it has like the countdown. So it gives you the estimate of how many miles you got left. And I'm like, yes, we can make it. Honey, it's like, there's been many times we get in the van. It's like, you think we got enough gas to get to church? I'm like, yeah, we got enough gas. We start driving. I'm like watching this thing tick down, tick down, tick down. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to have enough gas. We're going to have to stop. <laughs> But nonetheless, the Lord opened the door, I passed the gas station, nobody there. Pulled right in and got my gas, didn't have no problem. Truck is full now, amen. Didn't like the price of it, but the truck's full, amen. <laughs> nonetheless, we are to prepare our minds, girding up the loins of our minds, preparing our minds daily, that renewing and thinking on good things, Amen. Not to be dwelling on all the negatives, on the gas shortage, on this and on that and on this. Listen, what's going to happen is going to happen. That gas shortage is out of my control. Is it, is it out of your control? Can anyone in here control that gas shortage? So let's not worry about it. Amen. Let's not fret and wring our hands. Oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do the next day? Listen, the Lord will take care of that. Don't wring your hands and worry about tomorrow. Amen. He's provided for you thus far. What makes you don't think he's going to continue to provide for you? Amen. 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 Number two. Number two. We're moving right along here. Amen. Not only prepare your mind, but purge your mind. And we kind of hit on that just a little bit. All right. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. The next two words. Read them with me. Read them with me. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Let's say it one more time. Be sober. It denotes a... Conditioned free of every mental and spiritual loss of self-control. It is, an, it is an attitude of self-discipline that avoids extremes. Amen? Let me say this one more time. I want you to get this. To this, this, this concept of being sober. All right. It denotes a, contrad- a condition free of every form of mental and spiritual loss of self-control. It is an attitude of self-discipline that avoids extremes. Let me, get, let me put it to you like this. If we let other things come into our mind and cloud up the things of God and the thoughts of God and all those good things that we just listed out, it's then when we begin to stray away from God. We begin to get our mind focused on everything else, our circumstances and everything that surrounds us. And we forget about the God who loves us, the God who gave his son to die on a cross for us, Jesus Christ who gave his life for us, the one who we called out to for eternal salvation. We forget about all those things when we get our mind focused on the little insignificant things of life. It slows us down. It slows our walk down with him. It slows our communication down with others that encourages them and uplifts them because they know we're Christians. And listen, we have joy unspeakable. We ought to live like we have joy unspeakable, always abounding with a smile on our face. You say, well, Brother Brandon, I'm having some hard times, but listen. Hey, 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 but your eternity is settled forever, forever, amen? You don't have to worry about your final destination, so you still have something to be happy about. In our worst circumstances, we still can have great joy through Jesus Christ purge your mind of these things don't let the little things cause you to stumble and cause you to stray away and let me say it like this when we let distractions in our minds and our passions control us it is then that we're not transforming our mind and that's exactly where the devil wants us The moment we let our mind wander, the moment we let our mind begin to entertain thoughts of immorality, the moment we let our minds begin to wander off and think about the what ifs, uh, the moment we begin to stray away from God and the truth that is unchanging is the moment the devil is looking for. I'll remind you of a verse also in 1 Peter, chapter number 5 and verse number 8. Again, the words be sober is present. Now flip over there and look at it. You're right there. Two pages over. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 8. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour those first two words appear once again as in verse number 13 of chapter number one be sober be sober why are we to be sober now because the adversary not our friend our foe the one that's against us The one who doesn't want us to do anything for God. The one who doesn't want us to succeed in a ministry. The one who wants our marriage to fail. The one who wants to see our kids go astray. The one is walking about seeking whom he may devour. And how does a lion attack? He doesn't attack when we're in a crowd together, when, we're, when, when, the, when the herd is together and the herd is strong. No, he waits for one weak one to slip up, fall down, stay by the water and hold a little too long. That's when the line attacks, correct? The devil is so sly and he knows when to attack. He didn't go to Adam and Eve. He went directly to just who? Eve. He knows when to move and he knows how to attack and he knows what to say to manipulate our minds. Why? Because he can't get our souls our eternity is settled in heaven forever he can't get that but what he can do is plant seeds right here in our minds and calls us to wonder and begin to think and begin to question God and begin to do all these things that will slow us down in our Christian service I want you to think about this word we see it again be sober and in this text we're told that our adversary not our friend is walking about to devour us and the devil wants us out of commission. He doesn't want us injured. He doesn't want us just hobbling in. No, he wants us completely out of commission. Why? Because not only will it take you down, But it will take your family down. It will take friends down. It will take people down that are watching you from the sidelines, seeing if you truly have that joy unspeakable, seeing if you really grasp the concept of Jesus Christ and his salvation and the transformation that has taken place in your life. People are always watching you whether you know it or not. You're influencing them. You're encouraging them just by being faithful to God and faithful to his house and faithful to his word. People know and they watch and they're waiting to see if you're going to fall and the devil waits for those little moments when he can jump in there and plant a seed plant a seed plant a seed plant a seed seed. maybe you're not in the will of God maybe maybe you're not doing all the right things maybe maybe you're not saved the devil is great about planting those little seeds of doubt amen of discouragement doubt and distress he is great about that the war that we're talking about tonight and that battleground is right here it's right here be sober. Once again, we see that. And I want you to think about this. Our mind is a very important battleground, and we ought to protect it at all costs. And we kind of hit on this earlier. James chapter number 1, verses 13 through 15 reminds us of this. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Hang on closely. Verse number 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And enticed, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Can I say it like this, and I want to say it in the most polite way as possible, but listen, sin just don't happen, amen? Sin just don't happen like that. starts right here. It starts right th- It starts with our senses, uh, all, all five of our senses. It brings into our mind and then it's up to us to either block that sin out, block that immoral thought out, block that, that bad comment, block these things out or entertain those ideas and begin to cloud up our vision of God, begin to doubt, begin to question. All these things that come into our mind is not of God because God is good. He is gracious and he wants us to think on all the lovely things and all the good things, not on all the negative things and Things that bring us down the gloom and doom, that's the media. Amen. They want to continue to push you down and depress you and cause you to. De- they love it. That's not our God. Every good thing and every good gift comes from above. It doesn't say that every bad thought comes from God. No. But right here in our own minds originate ideas that can destroy us. But every man, when he is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. It starts in the mind. Young people, listen to me. It starts in your mind. It may start with a look, and then you entertain that idea. And then what happens? Actions are always soon to follow. I I want you to really grab a hold of this thing of our minds When we began to lose the battle in our thought life, it's it's when we began to drift away from God. And that's the moment the devil sends his attacks even more strong in our lives. When we are slowly drifting away from our walk with God, from our vision of God, and from our love for God. And as Christians, we need to put down the distractions in our lives and move closer to God with a clear and sober mind. Every morning, getting up and preparing our mind for the day, but not only that, in, pre- in preparation of our mind, we are to purge our mind of anything that's going to hinder us, any bad thought, and, and that's first thing in the morning. But that's every single day, that's the renewing of our minds. Every single day, it is a constant process. And you know, and I know, as long as we have this sinful flesh, there's temptations all around us. And anytime temptation comes in into our minds and into our eyes, we ought to get it away as quick as possible, not even to entertain the idea, not even to dwell on that thought because it will bring forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Don't even entertain that idea. And I want to illustrate it. I want to illustrate it like this. This is our clear mind. After we got up that morning we prayed, God direct me today. God have your will in my life. Help, maybe help me to cross somebody's path today that I can be a witness to. We've cleansed ourselves, we purged our mind of all the negative thoughts from the day before. Maybe somebody said something that didn't sit well with us, and and we thought about that all night long. But we we confessed it to God, we let God take care of that, and and we got rid of all these bad things right out of our minds. And then here's what happens to a lot of people. Temptation comes. You say, well, Brother Brandon, that's not bad. I mean, look, they're still about 90% clear. I have clarity of thought. But then what happens is we begin to entertain that. We begin to entertain and entertain and entertain. And we go about the day and we say we're living a good Christian life. We have a good front, right? We look great. On the outside, we do look great. I mean, we may have some internal sins, but it's not that bad. It's not not reflecting fully in our lives. And then what happens is we go about the day. We begin to dwell on it, think about it, and we talk about it with other people. We share it. By the end of the day, our view of God is lost. The devil's there, and he's planting seeds of doubt, discouragement. Is your family going to make it? Is your marriage going to make it? Is, is, are, are you, are you, do, are you do, in the will of God? All these things that the devil's great about questioning us. We have to get it out quick the moment the drop hits the water we ought to say god no i don't want this in my life i want it i want it gone i want it out of my life i don't want this in my locate file delete get it gone push away run away and God, listen and god will help you can i tell you that god will help you with your thought life because it starts right here before actions long before actions have become to fruition it starts right here It starts here, we entertain it, it goes down to the heart and then it is manifested into actions. And if we're not careful, we end up stained and marred by the end of the day with sin. And we have to come back to God saying, God, I failed you. I entertained the wrong idea. I entertained the wrong thought. That that crossed my path and I should have pushed it out, but I didn't. And along that day, we don't know who else we've hindered because our spirit wasn't right because we weren't walking in the spirit. Maybe there was somebody's path that we were crossing that we could have ministered to. We could have helped. We could have encouraged. We could have prayed with. But we were too busy entertaining ideas and thoughts that were not of God. Lastly here, I've, I've got to be done. We're hurrying. Amen. All right. Number three. Number three. Position your mind. Number three, position your mind. Look back at our text verse again. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What Peter is talking about here is but by the grace of God in a world of such perversion and tolerance to sin that we can stand with a holy mind transformed and renovated by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Daily, we can transform our minds and renovate our space so God can use us because of his grace and his mercy unto each one of us position our mind not on the world not on our circumstances not on all the discouragement things no but position our mind on christ and if we'll keep our mind and our eyes on christ everything else will come to pass because that's when peace comes in Look back at our text. Look back at our text. Wherefore, cut the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the grace that is brought to you unto the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust of your ignorance. Listen now. But as he which hath called you is holy, be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. We can have a holy mind. We can have a righteous mind. We can have a mind that is separated from the world. And we can have a mind that is focused on God and the mission that he has commissioned for each one of us. If we don't entertain ideas and thoughts and the negatives that come in our lives. Negatives are going to come temptation's gonna come we understand that but having jesus christ on our side and the holy spirit inside of us we can abstain and push away from all these things and move away from those things clearly and and redirect our path into a clear and direct path that god has laid for us but we must every single day prepare our mind purge out those loose things those 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 things that really don't matter That's not going to make a difference in eternity. May we push those things out and position our mind solely on Christ. In 1 John 4, 4, we, uh, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God, through the Holy Spirit, will help us and to keep our minds on him. Peter then leaves the people, look down at verse number 15 and 16, look at it again, he leaves them with a challenge because but as he which hath called you is holy so be holy in all manner of conversation. We can stop right there and preach for a long time. Amen. Uh, in all manner of conversation, public and private. Amen. Be ye holy, walking in that spirit with a clear mind, a clear conscience, not putting people down, not 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 knocking Christians down and not not none of these things. No, but keeping our minds pure and holy. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. In closing tonight, how is your battleground? How is the war zone that's right here between your ears? Some of us have big war zones, some of us have small war zones, but it's still a war zone. The battles are raging every single day. How is your war zone? Do you dwell on the negative in every situation? Has the devil cast doubt in your life, doubt that you're saved, doubt that you can serve God, doubt that you could ever be used again, doubt that your marriage will last, doubt that your kids will grow up and do anything for God? Are you discouraged tonight over any situation in your life? Listen, if the devil can get us to believe that our thoughts that produce fear, doubt, and unbelief and defeat come from ourselves and that they are logical, rational, listen now, conclusions to consider, then he can steer us to self-destruction. He doesn't have to do anything but plant a seed of doubt and discouragement. And we are great about doing the rest. We are great about doing the rest. Taking something so small, blowing it up so big that it makes, from the outside person, like, what is this person complaining about? I mean, my goodness, so what they didn't have gas at that gas station? I mean, it's something small. It's it, it, So what if they, did, if they didn't pick on you to, to make a motion, you know? Whatever the case may be, you fill in the blank. But we're great about taking something so small and blowing it so out of proportion. And the devil is so great about putting these lies and these fears and these thoughts in our head. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to entertain these thoughts and we'll begin to self-destruct. The timer begins to tick, and the more we entertain, the faster that timer goes. And sometimes it gets to the point whenever you want to give up, you want to quit, you want to throw in the towel. You say, God, I'm done. I don't know what else to do. I've had it up to here. I'm tired of being discouraged. I'm tired of everyone looking down. I'm tired of this, and I'm tired of that. But listen, our God is there to rescue you, to pull you out, because he wants you in the service for him. He doesn't want you on the sidelines discouraged about this and woe is me on this. No, he wants you in the house of God, serving him, singing praises unto him, serving in a ministry, giving everything to him. He doesn't want you on the sidelines wounded and hurt. No, that's the devil. If you're not careful, it'll start right here. You'll look great on the outside, but right up here, it begins to destroy you. Self-destruction starts right here. Prepare your minds, purge your minds, and position your eyes and your minds and your hearts toward God every single day. Listen, we're on the winning side. Amen. Hang on now. I said we're on the winning side. Amen. I'll tell you, the devil don't want me to preach this. My iPad doesn't shut off on me three times while I'm up here. Listen, I want to give you this last, part, this last portion here. I'm going to get to it. Think about this. If you're saved in here tonight, you have access to that joy unspeakable. Anytime doubt comes in, I want you to go back and read 1 Peter, starting at verse number 3 through verse number 9. Understand that joy is there. Listen, I mean, look at it, look at it. You're right there. Let's let's read a little bit of verses and then we'll, we'll close up. I got one more paragraph and we're done. I'm watching the time. It's 8:30. My wife's jangling the keys. It's almost time to go. I understand. All right, but hang on with me for one more second. I want to give you this last part because God impressed this upon me in my study. Listen, I want you to get this, all right? Let's, let's begin at verse number five. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to re- be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly what? All right, though for though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith be more precious than of gold that perishes, though it may be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory of, uh, at the appearing of Christ Jesus. Look at verse number eight. Whom having not seen ye love, in whom through now you see him not, yet believing ye, what? Rejoiced with joy, what? unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Can I close tonight in saying this? Remember and think about the mercies of God. Think about all the mercies of God. Justification from the guilt and penalty of sin. Adoption in Jesus Christ and identification with Christ. Placed under grace, not law. Given the Holy Spirit to live within. The promise of help in time of affliction. Confidence in the coming glory. Confidence of no separation from the love of God confidence in God's continued faithfulness. We have something to be joyful about and listen, we ought to clear our minds every day of all the negatives and all the woes and all the worries and focus on the goodness and the greatness of our God. We're on the winning side so let's start living like it. Clear our minds every single day knowing where your eternal destination lies and live out the victorious Christian life. Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, so much. God, I do thank you for your mercies. God, your abundant mercies. Lord, your many mercies. I thank you, Lord, so much for allowing me to give the message, Lord, as you laid it upon my heart tonight. I pray, Lord, that amongst us in this crowd, Lord, no doubt there are battles waging that I have no clue about that nobody else may know, but thank God you know our battles and you can help us and you'll help us in our time of need. All we have to do is call out to you and you will help us. You will sustain us. You will supply for our every need. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help. Move amongst us, Lord, in this invitation. Lord, I pray that all of our hearts, Lord, uh, Lord, I pray that we're all saved tonight, but Lord, if there's any here, that is lost and undone they don't know you as a personal savior lord they may be watching my web live streaming lord they maybe have never experienced this joy unspeakable lord that we just talked about lord they never they never experienced peace in their life it's constant war and constant raging and lord we know we're going to face it but god with you you can clear our minds god let us not focus on those things If you're not saved tonight, Lord, come find one of us. We'd love to take the Bible and show you how you can be saved. Christians, what do we do in letting the devil play mind tricks on us tonight? What do we do in allowing him in our thought processes and in our lives? Push him away. Don't entertain the thoughts. Don't even let it get through. Just push it out of the way. If it's not good, it ain't of God. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment. You do business with God tonight. What is it tonight? Is the battle still raging in your life and you can't get control of it? Come give it to him. He is your helper tonight. He is your sustainer tonight. He will uphold you with his right hand. He will help you with every battle and every struggle Every piece of depression, he's there. Every doubt that arises, he's there. Oh, come give it to him tonight. Allow him to renew your mind. Have that transformation every single day, renewing your mind on the things of God. Make that move tonight. Don't let the devil win another, another minute in your mind. Clear your minds and your thoughts before it becomes action. Teenagers. <laughs> clear your thoughts and your minds before it becomes actions. Adults, parents, clear your minds and your thoughts before it becomes actions. Don't wait till it's too late and come and have to ask for forgiveness. Cleanse it immediately. Get it out. Get it underneath the blood. He's there. He wants to help you. If you're watching by way of Livestream, he wants to help you. We have people that want to help you. They want to pray with you about your decisions, pray with you and help you get a hold of God. Call that number. Christians make that move. The choice is yours. God's not going to force you. We have to make a conscious decision in our minds to clear our minds of any negative, any bad thought, any immoral thoughts and keep them fully focused on him.
1: Make that move.
0: Preacher.
1: Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Man, what a message. What a great challenge tonight. I was thinking, while Brother Brandon was preaching tonight, I was thinking, man, I I needed this message tonight. So helpful. I'm talking about me personally. I was sitting down there thinking tonight. I thought, man, this is helpful. This is so helpful to me. This is a a challenge that I need. Be so careful about my mind. The time's not late. If you're here tonight and you say, Brother Steve, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Why don't you you step out right now? We would love to meet you here in the front. In fact, I'm going to make my way to the main floor here in just a moment. And if you're here today and you've got a need, uh, maybe a need of salvation, it could be another need of some kind. You just, maybe tonight you've got a heavy burden and you need someone to pray with you. We'll be glad to pray with you tonight. As Brother Brandon has already said, if you're watching my way of live stream and there's a, a need in your life, a spiritual need, a burden, a need of salvation, call that number on the screen right now, 704 704- 327-5662. Call that number right now. Somebody's standing by to help you and pray with you. But if you, if you need to come tonight, listen, the altars are open. Folks are in the altar. Folks are getting help tonight. You come. While we wait, we're going to pause just for a few moments. You come tonight while we wait. While folks are still on the altar, you can look up this way tonight. I'm just gonna let Brother Abel play tonight. Altar's still open, you're more than welcome to come tonight and get and, and uh, this altar is a, is a place of help, I promise you that. I think one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was one night when I was down at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. Brother Steve Robertson used to come to our church every year. My wife and I were just kids. And he would come to our church every year. Our pastor would have him in. He'd come preach revival or youth revival or something like that. And we loved Brother Steve. Still love him. And anyway, we were down at Gospel Light one, one night for a conference or something. And, and I remember going up after the service to Brother Steve Robertson. And I said, Brother Steve, I said, would you sign my Bible? And Brother Steve took my Bible. I'll never forget He took his pen out and he signed my Bible. Steve Robertson, Isaiah 26.3. I didn't know what that was. I was glad he signed my Bible for me. Well, that night I went home and I looked up Isaiah 26.3. And this is what it says. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That was some of the greatest. I mean, that was, I know Steve didn't give me that advice. The Lord gave me that advice, but I'm so glad he wrote that verse in my Bible because I memorized that verse. And all these years later, oh my word, I've used that verse so many times. When the devil has come, the devil's tried to plant some kind of thought in my mind. And how many times I've quoted that verse, thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Boy, how many know that's what we need to do? Now, that was fantastic tonight. Wasn't that great? Amen. Now here's the thing. Though, here, here's A lot of times this is what happens, though, when a preacher preaches a message like this on the mind. One of the first things we think about is, oh, he's talking about immorality. He's talking about dirty thoughts. He's talking about impure thoughts lustful thoughts and although that is definitely a part of it that's not always the case and that it doesn't always have to be an immoral thought or an impure thought or a lustful thought to destroy you while he was preaching tonight and he said he was talking about satan planting a seed in your mind my mind went back down just down the road here in this old building there was a lady that was coming to our church she was doing great her family was doing great kids were getting plugged in to the youth group things were happening the kids were getting saved and god was really doing something great this lady came to our church one sunday morning we hadn't got to the preaching time yet and i just mentioned in the sunday school the adult sunday school class i just mentioned we have a caring nursery here in the church if you uh, need that nursery. I don't even know that I knew that lady was even in the crowd that day. But I just said, we have a nursery here in our church and we have some ladies that watch that nursery and it's a caring nursery. And somehow that lady was sitting in that crowd and somehow she got in her mind that I was talking directly to her. She got up right then. She, I guess, she had brought a child in the service that day, I guess. I don't know. She stormed downstairs. She took her kids physically out of the Sunday school class. And she said, we'll never be back. I can't tell you how many ways that family blew apart. When I say blew apart, you couldn't have blew that family apart anymore if you'd, stuck, if, if you'd have stuck a hand grenade in the house. Blew apart kids went crazy family literally disintegrated I'm talking disintegrated you know what happened you know what happened Satan planted a seed that had not one ounce of truth not one ounce of truth to it and yet she got that thought in her mind and she entertained it and she thought this is what it means this is what he meant and she let Satan, she let Satan take that thing and, and and build it, and you know what it did? It destroyed her, and it destroyed her family. What, what she would have been 10,000 times better doing was this, was saying, you know what, I don't know if Preacher meant that or not, but thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind just stayed on thee. And if he meant it, okay, maybe I don't even agree with it, but maybe he did mean it, and and uh, maybe maybe it was directed to me, but you know what? Maybe it wasn't directed to me. And and uh, you know what? I'm just I'm just going to keep my mind on the Lord anyway, and and I'm just going to stay in here, keep my kids plugged in the youth group, and and we're just going to stay here. You know what? She'd have been ten million times better if she would have done that. And yet Satan planted one seed, one seed, and it destroyed them all. Oh, this in Calvary. That's wonderful tonight. He's right. That is the battlefield. That is the battlefield. Let's keep our minds stayed on Jesus tonight. Thank you, Brother Abel. All hearts free tonight. Aren't you glad you came to Wednesday service? Man, I am. Uh, I'm going to leave better because of it. I promise you that. Brandon, that was great. That was great. Thank you so much. Thanks for the great message tonight. And appreciate these young men helping tonight. Brother Tim did a great job with the music. The special music was great tonight. It's been a wonderful service. And we thank the Lord and we praise the Lord for that. Well, hey, make sure you, uh, make sure you guard your mind this week. Make sure you don't let your mind get clouded with other, with other things. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And uh, listen, don't forget uh, our sunrise prayer meeting Saturday morning for the fellas. And then uh, a very special day, Sunday, as we'll be starting our family conference on Sunday night and a very special ordination service on Sunday night as well. And so we're looking forward to a great, great weekend. God's going to, I believe God's going to do, do great things. All hearts free. Linda, good to be back in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. 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 But Tim, run on up here if you want. to let you dismiss us in prayer. And uh, and so you pray and, and listen. We hope you have a great night. Be safe going home.
2: Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your house, Lord, again this Wednesday. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the fellowship, Lord, of other believers. Thank you that, God, we can carry your spirit out of this place, Lord, encouraged and strengthened. Be stronger. Be, Lord, more stable, Lord, in our lives. Not because we, Lord, are Anything great, but because Lord, you are within us, you are with us, you are greater than this world. And if we tap into that reality, then God, we can too become overcomers. Thank you, Lord, for this time. May we depart, Lord, our way, giving glory and praise to you, for you are worthy. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We consider it an honor to serve you, and our prayer is that the service was a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you were impacted today by the preaching of God's word, we encourage you to respond. If we can pray with you, or if you would like to make a decision today for Christ, please call us here at 704-327-5662. We have people waiting right now on the lines prepared to help you. Again, thank you for joining us today. And we hope to welcome you again soon. Have a wonderful week.